Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Haley B. Miller, and this is Ohio Politics Explained, a podcast where you give us 15 minutes and we give you all the news you need to sound smart and impress your friends. Welcome back to another episode of Ohio Politics Explained, the more charges tied to House Bill 6 scandal edition. This week, we're talking about the state's indictments of two former First Energy officials and the former chairman of the Public Utilities Commission of Ohio tied to the HB6 case, the Ohio Supreme Court decision that Ohioans who work from home during the pandemic are not eligible for a tax refund, the state's new social media law being put on hold, and information on what Ohio state parks have planned for the April eclipse. I'm Anthony Shoemaker, the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau Chief, filling in for your usual host, Haley B. Miller. Joining me this week is reporter Laura Bischoff. Welcome back to the show, Laura. Hey, Anthony. So our first topic, uh, one one you know very well, is the uh, three new state indictments tied to the massive pay-to-play scandal that has dominated Ohio politics uh, for the last few years. On Monday, Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost announced that former uh, First Energy CEO Chuck Jones and ex-senior vice president of external affairs Michael Dowling and the former PUCO chairman Sam Randazzo were charged for the first time in connection to the scandal that already landed former Speaker Larry Householder and Matt Borges in prison. So what are the latest details on on that, Laura? Well, this is the first time that the state has leveled charges. Um, the Householder-Borges case was in federal court, and also the feds uh, back in December had indicted um, Sam Randazzo on 11 counts. The state charges against Randazzo largely mirror what's happening in the in the federal case, but this is the first time that two of the guys who are alleged to be the architects of paying the bribes, um, Chuck Jones and Mike Dowling, that they're facing uh, charges. Between the three of them, Randazzo, Jones, and Dowling, we're talking like 27 felony violations. It's hard to believe that it was like a year ago that uh, I was sitting in, um, in Judge Black's courtroom down in Cincinnati listening to the Householder case. And yet, it's interesting because the feds have not, other than the Randazzo one, they have not indicted the first energy, former first energy executives yet. Is it a surprise that the state did that first? It, a little bit of a, a surprise because, um, you know, I would say that the U.S. Attorney's Office has been successful in kind of um, uh, clearing, you know, having having others hold off. Um, like the PUCO has agreed to hold off on its internal investigations, et cetera, at the request of uh, U.S. Attorney Ken Parker. Um, but, you know, there's been this big delay, and it kind of, I think it left an opening for Dave Yost and the Ohio Organized Crime Commission to, you know, to, to go ahead and move forward. What does uh, Governor uh, DeWine had to say since the indictments were announced? I mean, he had warnings about Randazzo before he appointed him in 2019. The governor continues to say that, uh, you know, it really made a lot of sense to him at the time to appoint Randazzo. Um, Randazzo had a long reputation as a a very knowledgeable um, attorney who specialized in energy policy. 
But there were a lot of people that said Randazzo was not a good choice, that he was too close to First Energy. The governor said, well, you know, sure, we, everybody knew that he had worked for First Energy, but he had also represented um, consumers. Now, the consumers that Sam Randazzo represented were the large industrial, you know, the big, the big, big uh, companies. Um, so it's not like he was representing residential consumers. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. For our second topic uh, this week, uh, the Ohio Supreme Court ruled that uh, Ohioans who work from home during the COVID pandemic in 2020 are actually not eligible for a tax refund from the city uh, they worked in, even though they didn't go into the office. Uh, The court in a 5-2 decision ruled that the state law that allowed uh, cities to collect income taxes from non-residents in 2020 was constitutional. Laura, if this case had went the other way, cities could have had to have paid millions in refunds to people. Right. This um, this decision, it's a 5-2 decision. It was the Democrats and Pat DeWine and Joe Dieters in the majority. Had it not gone that way, then the cities would have probably faced paying out millions of dollars in refunds. So this was a this was a big win for the cities, for sure. For our third topic, the state of Ohio uh, last month was supposed to enact a new social media parental notification law. That was put on hold by a judge this week. This has been a pretty controversial issue. Uh, it would ban um, kids 16 and younger from getting accounts on social media sites such as Facebook and TikTok without permission from their parents. A U.S. Uh, district judge this week granted a preliminary injunction preventing the law from taking effect while the attorneys debate whether Ohio can actually restrict children's access to social media. The judge said that the Ohio law would violate minors' First Amendment right. You know, this has been a pretty big issue nationally because, you know, Meta and these companies don't want to have 50 different rules to have to deal with. They've been wanting Congress to take action on this. Right. But Judge Marbley, um, the chief justice or chief judge in the um, in the U.S. District Court, just said that Ohio, you know, took too broad of an approach with this this law, that it would impact you know, the use of Facebook, Instagram, social media sites, but also uh, gaming and online journaling. And uh, he called it a breathtakingly blunt instrument for reducing social media's harm to children. So as a result of this indefinite hold on that law, you know, that just uh, means that it won't go into effect just yet. And it'll be debated in court for who knows how long to determine whether or not it can take effect. This is something that, you know, Governor Mike DeWine, Lieutenant Governor John Husted had had um, championed, and they um, promised to keep fighting to, you know, protect kids online. Yeah. Um, you know, other states, I think California and, uh, and uh, Nebraska and some other states had passed similar laws, and, you know, those were also, I think, um, put on hold. So the, uh, the organization that's kind of been been fighting these as claims this is another victory. I mean, it's definitely, you know, heavy use of social media among teenagers can, you know, lead to them feeling low self-esteem, especially among young girls. And there can be a lot of bullying happening online. 
you know, I think it's important for parents to keep keep an eye on what their kids are exposed to. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, you know, years ago, you know, if you were getting bullied at school, it kind of ended when you got home. Now it's kind of 24 hours online, you can, you know, kids are dealing with this. For our fourth and final topic, and this is something everybody's been talking about, the April 8th solar eclipse. Ohio is going to be one of the best states to view the eclipse on April the 8th as it crosses the entire state, and a large part of the state is in the path of totality. Laura, you had one of the most popular stories on all of our websites this week about what Ohio state parks have planned for the eclipse. What are the details you know about? Well, yeah, so the parks are, um, there's like a dozen or so parks that are in the path of totality. That's that band in which the the eclipse will be, you know, best seen. And the state parks are planning on programming and uh, having extra traffic control. And they've ordered like 100,000 of those uh, eclipse glasses that you need to safely view the eclipse. And they're also just sort of asking people to plan ahead and and be patient. They they expect that they're going to have really extensive traffic jams, particularly um, after the eclipse is done and everybody's, you know, ready to go home. There could be, you know, hours long delays. I think it's a little bit, I don't know if it's alarmist, but, you know, they're saying like pack extra toilet paper, make sure you have your, make sure you have your medication and extra water. And, you know, if it's cold, have, you know, make sure you bring uh, layers to wear, et cetera. But it is, you know, like a good chunk of Ohio is going to be in this, in this path. And so, and I think it's going to be the, the next one won't be for uh, another 200 years. So I don't, I don't think I'll be around for that. Yeah. About 55 of Ohio's counties are in the path. And I believe I read something somewhere that said Cleveland, the Cleveland area is like one of the most populated areas that's in the path of totality. So they're expecting large crowds. Um, We had a story posted uh, Thursday that uh, Summit County uh, in Akron, they're actually warning people to stay home. They actually said, watch it from your yard and don't go anywhere. Like it's a weather emergency. I mean, if I if if my yard were in the path of totality, I would totally watch from my yard. I mean, why why battle traffic and long lines for bathrooms? So, yeah, I mean, the last time we had a uh, had an eclipse in 2017, it wasn't visible from Ohio and people traveled uh, like down south to Tennessee and places to see it. And people said, you know, it took them like 16 to 20 hours to drive back to Ohio because of the crowd. One more thing before you go. Don't forget that Tuesday, February 20th is the deadline to register to vote if you plan to vote in Ohio's March 19 primary election. The presidential race will be on the ballot, but Ohio is not likely going to have much of a role in that because it's later in the cycle. However, the Republican primary for the U.S. Senate race is heated as Secretary of State Frank LaRose, businessman Bernie Moreno, and State Senator Matt Dolan fight to see who gets to take on Senator Sherrod Brown this fall. There's also a Democratic primary for the Ohio Supreme Court, and some congressional, state house, and Senate primaries around the state are also on the March ballot as well as local and county issues. Early voting is set to start on February 21st. Let's go voters. Ohio Politics Explained is brought to you by the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. You can check us out on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Ohio Explained. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.